The Crossman Conversation brought to you today by Community Legal Services, Maynard Cooper, First Horizon Bank, and R-Squared Solutions. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. The Crossman Conversation is hosted by John Crossman. John's heart is to see our community of leaders unite around what we have in common. John will be joined by political leaders, religious leaders, as well as activists making a difference in our nation. Here is your host for the Crossman Conversation, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation. Uh, Mike, before we get started, i got to tell you a quick story. Hey, okay? man, bring it on. Listen, when I was a kid, um, and I was in school like in uh, the, the 70s and early 80s and stuff like that, one of the words that was a vocabulary word I remember having on a test as a very young child uh, was the word refugee, like that that word. And so that being a vocabulary, that was it was a newer word, you know, in sort of that post-Vietnam War era. Mm-hmm. And there was all this this movement in, in Cambodia. There was all these things the coming to America. Mm-hmm. And this, right. this concept was a different word than, you know, immigration. It was a different concept, you know. Growing up a lot of my time in South Florida with uh, Cuba and different, like, refuge, refugees. And, you know, that's something that's just never left my heart of who I am as a person, of, like, having the conscience, conscious of people in some place and suffering being displaced. No, no fault of their own, but of the, the government and the situation mm-hmm. they're thinking about, like, that's with me. And, you know, the, the other thing, you know, Mike, you know this about me, is, like, I always, like, want to be a person of action, like... You know, I don't want to ever just like look at stuff and, oh, complain, you know, what's happening there, this person, but like where and who are making impact. Right. And so when I think about that concept and I think about that, gosh, in the Middle East, and those places, yeah. it, it can be overwhelming when you mm-hmm. think about it. Would you believe, Mike, today we have two guests who are doing something about it? They're doers. They're doers. They're That's making right. it happen. And so I'm so happy to have uh, Michael Parks here today. He's the president of Frontier Partners International. Mike, my friend, thank, thank you, you for being here. Also a sponsor of our show, so thank you very much for having me a part of it, so thank you. you. Absolutely. And then the Jamal Hashway, did I get it right? That's right. Oh, I nailed it. I'm so happy, <laughs> Jamal. I, I, you're, you're here, and uh, uh, you are the uh, founder and director of Refuge Cities Network. That's right. So thank you for being here. Thank you. So it's so nice. So Mike, let me start with you. Um, you know, big picture, just tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing, what you're about. I, I mean... Let me say this, um, you know, I, I guess when I, when I think about you, I tell you, let me say this and you tell me if I'm right or wrong. When I think about you guys, I think about two ways. One is people in crisis. Like if you're a person and you're hearing this and you're like, I feel so bad about uh, people in Syria and other places that are getting displaced. Like you do crisis work. And then hopefully if a, if a crisis then dies down and then somebody's trying to rebuild and then invest in business, uh, you do both. Is that correct? That is correct. That's awesome. awesome. Tell us a little about both those aspects. Correct. So, um, I've been in mission work for about 40 years and doing disaster response since the mid nineties in Southern Sudan and then in Kosovo and on. And today, uh, our operations are primarily in the middle East, uh, in Iraq, Jordan, and, and Lebanon. We engage in crisis. Crisis opens the door, uh, people in need. And we, we go in and where, where we feel led and directed by the Lord, we engage in these particular regions finding people who are least or unreached or least reached type of people groups who have little or no assistance. Uh, we, if, if, there, if there's other people working there, we'll find people who are not being assisted somewhere uh, else. So 
um, we do that. And then once the crisis goes on, once we, if we can re- relieve their, their suffering and, and we do just the relief side of things, then we're able to continue in what we call development, where we engage communities in a basic way that helps them to understand the crisis, to identify their problems, and to uh, prioritize it themselves and to resolve it. That's long-term development. And that, in that time, we develop relationships, gives us an opportunity not only to assist them in their general lives, but to be able to speak into their lives as a trusted person or even a friend. Uh, Mike, that's really powerful. I, one of my favorite expressions is, is that great leaders are relevant at a point of crisis. And um, I was living in a community in a neighborhood, and there was a guy in the community that was you know, like the neighborhood leader and a hurricane came through and there's all this damage. And I remember like surveying the damage Trevor would do when I saw him sort of picking up branches in his yard. And I just thought like, he's not really relevant. You know, he's just sort of doing, doing his thing. Right. So man, that crisis component is such a key thing. Let me just, just you as a human real quick. I'm just curious, Mike, like I was talking to an EMT about this one time about, you know, the, the EMTs will go to a scene and they're dealing with a person's body completely broken mm-hmm. apart and trying to save their life. And then, you know, a day later, like you saw some bad stuff. So Mike, you must go into some places. And of course, maybe your adrenaline's going and you're helping, but do you take care of yourself like days later and think about processing some of the things you've had to deal with as, just as a human? In the, it, I was in the Sudan started in the mid nineties during the war. We were flying in doing uh, medical and uh, we thought we were going to do some leadership training with the believers, but it just turned into medical and my first trip in was when I was dealing with hundreds of people who were malnourished children, the very penciled arms dying. Uh, you'd see it in their eyes, people with all kinds of diseases and hundreds of them, and we couldn't see all of them. And so my job was very simple. I always got to have a simple job. It was crowd control. And I was the one that chose who saw the doctor and who didn't. And uh, it broke my heart for the desperately suffering. Right. And at that point I said, Lord, this is what I want to do. I want to help people in this kind of extreme crisis. And uh, so over the years we've seen a, a lot of things. And I think like, like, like the EMTs, there's, there's a, a mental switch that you have to, to change to uh, in order to assist those people. And then you come out, my spiritual life, and my family life and my f- close friendships are what help me maintain uh, a balance in my life. Because you gotta, you gotta, you gotta give out and then pour in. You know, like that kind of concept. And real quick, and then and then Jamal, I want to come back over to you. Um, when you are in those situations in crisis, you help everybody. I mean, it doesn't matter what their belief is or whatever. Like if they're coming up and they have a need, you're helping. We do not. We yeah. We 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 don't. We do not uh, discriminate on who we serve, no matter what faith, uh, what race, what tribe. Yeah, uh, we you're, you're crisis dudes. We're just and and it's we are with development too. We we're we're here to demonstrate and bring the reality of the love of Jesus Christ to human beings, mm-hmm. and we see people as human beings, uh, and not as targets, not evangelistic targets, not right. racial targets. It's it's just human beings in need, and we minister to that in places that God has directed us. And then that gives us the opportunity to speak into their lives. Well, yeah, it's interesting, Mike, you know, like, you know, I'm my faith, my Christian faith is a big part of my life. 
And what I know is, is that when you're doing your work, it reminds me of people that do prison ministry work. I've known guys who are atheists who are associated with prisons who would be like, please, please bring in prison ministry, right? Mm-hmm. So even if you are not of, of our same faith, you can see the benefit of the work, right? Uh, because people who are fed, people who are being nourished are just better citizens and it makes everything better. Is that correct? Absolutely. We were in working in Darfur in uh, the mid-2000s and uh, up in this village, it was very remote. And they said they would rather have us working with them as Christians than other organizations or even the United Nations because we respect them as human beings we and we genuinely love them. Right. Remember where, where they're at. Where that? Well, Jamal, I want to bring you into the conversation. Tell, talk about your role and your involvement with all of this. Well, uh, in Jordan, as a country, actually, we, um, we have a good history of uh, helping people that come to find refuge in our country. And as a small country that we have, and economy is uh, very small as well, even going back to the Old Testament times, there were cities that were called the cities of refuge. Hmm where actually people will come and hide. And, uh, you know, in the recent history of our country, welcoming many uh, Palestinians, then many Iraqis, Syrians, Yemenis, Sudanese, many of them come and literally find refuge. And we find the people that come with a lot of uh, troubles, leaving their country, leaving uh, their uh, belongings and... Many of them, especially after ISIS, talking about the uh, Christian com- community in Iraq, literally were very, very well to do. Uh, just overnight, they just became uh, just refugees with nothing. And uh, what we do actually is, first of all, as um, my friend Mike mentioned, is we are very careful about the dignity, you know, to, to keep their dignity. Uh, and uh, respect them. I personally come from a refugee family. We moved into Jordan in 1948, and we understand the plight, you know, of leaving everything. So we go with love in action, love that has hands and feet, not only by words, but caring for them, giving them something to eat. Many of them would tell us they've been with no food, nothing for days. Um but going from that into development, we help them to help themselves in order to secure an ongoing income for their families. And um, we find, you know, this love in action is melting a lot of ice and is helping many people to find the love that comes from the heart of God. You know, it's so powerful. Thank you for what you're doing. Let me say that first. And when I when I hear you say that, my visual, the visual in my mind is, when the building's on fire, everyone's running out and the firemen are running in mm-hmm. and you're running in, right? Mm-hmm. The second thing is, Mike, if we were getting really big trouble, let's uh, let's just get a plane to fly to Jordan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We know we have refuge there. Like we could <laughs> we just, got, got some help. <laughs> we got some help mm-hmm. there. Uh, we need to take a, a quick break, uh, but we're going to come back and I just want to go a little deeper with uh, Mike and Jamal. Thank you uh, for being here with Crossman Conversation. We'll be back in one minute. 
Community Legal Services is a civil legal aid organization providing no-cost legal help to the underserved. They call it Legal Aid for All. Their attorneys assist with legal issues related to family law, housing, domestic violence, veterans' benefits, and much more. Community Legal Services is a community-supported program. To learn more and help support the mission, visit clsmf.org. That's clsmf.org. Community Legal Services. Legal Aid for All. I'd like to thank Maynard Cooper and Gale, PC, for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally who serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Tonight in Arkansas, there's a mother tucking in her daughter and turning off the light. A business owner is burning the midnight oil. An at-home dinner date is plating up possibility. And it's all happening under one roof. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one John from Integrity Solutions had with First Horizon Bank about his vision for a sustainable mixed-use building. Now it's not just words. It's life. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash john. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. Once again, here is John Crossman. And we're back with my friends Mike and Jamal, and we're talking about Frontier Partners International. We're talking about the great work you're doing, and again, thanks you for your sponsorship. And Jamal, I was just I was just thinking about you during the break and listening to your story. It reminded me that um, Jay Leno, the comedian, had this joke he used to do when he would do his stand-up, and he'd say, um, well, I'm really glad Christmas is over because we don't have to think about the homeless anymore. We can wait another 11 months. And this joke was like, oh, you're homeless? Like, you know, wait, it's not Christmas time. Here's a sandwich. Go, go away. And so he was just making fun of how, like, certain issues get top, talked about in a moment when they're actually, like, uh, like they're continually like, a challenge, right? And so when I was listening to you, what my fear is is that some people, and, you know, listen, I'm, I can't speak to other faiths. What I can say about the Christian faith is I feel as a Christian we need to have a heart for those who are in crisis and they're suffering. And there's been moments in U.S. history where the the government, the topic is a lot about the Middle East. And then there's times we're not talking about the Middle East. And by the way, I think when we're not talking about it is usually when some things are really not going so right. So uh, when I think about that, can you give me context of like, if I'm trying to explain to other people or Christians, like, why should they care about what's going on in the Middle East? What would I, what should I say to them? Can you give me some context in that? I mean, people are with needs all over the world. But when when people lose everything they have, they are literally at your doorsteps uh, wanting the minimum to help their families. One thing that breaks my heart, if somebody comes and says, we have not had a meal, for example, for some time with, with the children. We forgot the taste of meat or chicken or something. And what we do, we just like um, a month ago, we helped 100 families. Uh, during Christmas to have a Christmas meal 
And for them to have that was a huge change. They would come to us and say, why are you doing this? Why do you help us? Some that come from other faiths, they say, well, tell us one thing. Why do you care about us when you have all the needs around you? You just come across and and help us. We, we had one, one guy from uh, Yemen that came with his son for uh, an open heart surgery. And we were able to get them the permissions and all that. And, and when that happened, and uh, it was a very successful uh, surgery, this man came and he said, you took all the effort to fly us in two and a half hours into Jordan, took care of the open heart surgery. And then look, my child is healthy. We're traveling back. Why do you do that? We tell them one thing. It's because of God's love. Mm. We care about you. And that's a very big, powerful concept. It's hard for people to understand. But the people that do understand that and hear it need to act on it, right? Yes. <laughs> like, so somebody's hearing this and they're like, I don't get that. Don't worry about it, man. Seriously, don't worry about it. If you hear it and you're like, man, I get that, then I'm like, you need to lean into that. And and look, I'm a big believer in doing stuff locally, right? One of the things with the end of every show, we plug local, historically black college and universities. That's very important. And... There's a you know, more global presence of where people are in need and make sure we get resources there. So Jamal, thanks for sharing that. Sure. Uh, Mike, so similar question to you. Like if I'm talking to somebody and they're like, man, why, why would I, why would I care about what's going on in Afghanistan? We're not there anymore. You know, like why, why, why should I care? What, what, what should I say to that first? Well, on multiple levels, I think first the human level and mm-hmm. the, and the, the just human suffering. And I think what you said was really <clears throat> correct. You know, if it, if, it res- if something's resonating in this to you, then lean into it. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, because there are certain callings that everybody has. Some people are called to work local. I say, I always say that nothing that we do is any more important than what you do or the children's church worker. It's not, there's not a more significance. It's what are you supposed to do? And that's what I would always tell people. What's God saying to you? Mm-hmm. Because our work in Afghanistan, our work in, in Iraq, our work in Lebanon and Jordan is making significant differences in human, human lives as well as kingdom life. And so um, it, it really is, and I always just say, what's God telling you to do? What are you sensing God wants? And then move that direction. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, um, uh, when I think about what you guys are doing, um, the one of the things to make sure we touch on this is that there's a crisis part, but then there's this like business development, mm-hmm. like, you know, industry kind of stuff. That's really cool too. Right. So again, yeah. we can kind of, uh, in Jay Leno's joke, you know, like, you know, feeding somebody on Christmas, bye, you know, like that doesn't work. Like, so there's this crisis moment, but then hopefully things calm down. Now there's this next step. So talk to me about that. What does that next step look like? Yeah. So after, as, as you go through a crisis, people's lives begin be, start stabilizing. You get them back at least to where they were or something, something stable. And then you begin it, a better life. What, what, you know, we, uh, our long-term development work. And so like, in, for example, in Kurdistan, Iraq, Northern Iraq, uh, uh, for those who know the, the Bible, the, the Kurds are the ancient Medes, the Medo-Persian empire. They live mm-hmm. near the town of Mosul, which is still called Nineveh. There's, uh, it's a very dynamic, uh, the, the, the Zoroastrians are called Magi. So there's a lot of, uh, of, of biblical history there. It's, also, that's real history. Yeah, right? it's, it's real, real history. I mean, maybe the Garden Eden was close to there too. Sure. Um, so, uh, but for example, so in, in Iraq, we're working with Yazidi people. Now, if people remember ISIS in 2014, they, they, they took, they devastated 
people's lives and they took women and sold them and and it was a horrible situation those the, those people were almost 100% Yazidis um and so in that in 2014 we began working there in the crisis and helping people uh stabilize we came alongside and we befriended them we helped them and today we've 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 continued with that assistance and developed relationships with them they um in fact uh, just a short story is like the leader has become my friend the leader mm-hmm. of this community Yazidi leader so much so that he named one of his children after me oh come on yeah yeah he, and he named his kid frontier partners after <laughs> <laughs> and i i couldn't even get my own wife to do that so <laughs> well, that's uh, really powerful man. it was well it's we're, we we are relational we yeah we look at the person and and not as an object as a human being can I can I say to you like this? I I speak a lot to college students, and one of the things I always tell them is they'll say they'll say you know you've heard that you need to be in a mentorship program, mentorship relationship, something like that. And what I always tell people is like, do you want to? Well, I said first of all, like let's define what charity is. Charity is one sided, it's crisis and it's temporary, right? That's what charity is. Relationships, on their hand, are mutual. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They right. give and receive. And they're forever, right? Mm-hmm. So what I'll say to college students, do you want to be a mentor charity case or do you want to be a main mentor relationship case? And so in that context, I'm like, if you're meeting with a CEO and they're giving to you, find a way to give back. It's a healthier way to be. Like if someone's yes. always in charity crisis, that's you're enabling at some point it's unhealthy. And so that's why I love what you're talking about. Like when it's crisis, it's one-sided, but you're moving into this relational yes. and then it's a healthy give and a take. And that makes it real. Did I get that right? Correct. Yeah. And I call them my friends. Yeah. I don't call them, you know, anything, you know, right. refugees or these people. Yeah, that were, sure. These are my friends now. And, and uh, we're able, and by that, by that relationship, you're able to speak into people's lives. You know them. And, and in a sense it is, it's back and forth. It's transactional where they can also speak into my life. Yeah. And, and as strange as that may seem. No, I, that, know, that, that, that's real. Yeah. These, and these are real people they 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 have a heart they have a brain they 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 have a soul well and they also have wisdom that's yeah they, and have, they all... have empathy and exactly. so uh, jamal do you want to ask something that yes i want to add to this you know um like 101 would be really love and care mm-hmm. and visit uh empty stomachs don't have ears you know so you need to care about them in the beginning right and then you go to the next level and there's a nice saying that says when people hear the music of our lives, they will ask for the words. Mm. So they hear a different music because where they come from or came from, uh, different music, bombing, you know, screams and all that. And they hear the beautiful music. Then they listen and they ask for the words. And then 102 is they go into development where we help them. We have centers now in Jordan that are helping people to get some kind of education to help them for income generation and to help themselves in the long run. You know, Jamal, I, I say this sometimes to my friends. I'm like, I don't think ever, anyone ever successfully hated someone to Jesus. You know, like, <laughs> you're so stupid. You need to, like, that doesn't work, it you know? Doesn't. And so it's the exact opposite. And here's the thing about it is, it's like, whether they, you know, decide to embrace the Christian faith or not, and, and at a level, it doesn't matter yeah. as long as we're doing what we're called to do, exactly. right? That's not our, you know, like, we need to be there and, and, and be this influence in the world. So, well, I always say it's in regarding people coming to Christ or faith in the Christian faith, 
it's really God's job. It's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And he's speaking. And even if we don't, like Jamal said, uh, God is speaking to them and mm. we just flow with that. Um, so we're going to have to wrap up. Um, I hate that because I could listen to you guys all day. It's so fascinating. Um, so first off, let me say this. Thank you. Uh, thank you for your lives. Thank I mean, you. Jamal, Mike, what you're doing every day. Mm. I'm just so grateful. And maybe some people you've helped never were able to thank you because their condition. And I'm just saying thank you. I want to make sure you hear that. Uh, number two, thanks for sponsoring the show. I mean, like we talk about a lot of important topics and we couldn't talk about, we talk about race and suicide and mental health and addiction. And we talk about all those things. We couldn't talk about them if it weren't for you. So thank you for that. It's I appreciate it. Absolutely. So it's a, it's a partnership. Um, and to finally wrap up, um, you guys need duty and financial support. And so if uh, people have the means, uh, certainly want to make sure they check you guys out for financial support. Is that a yes to that question, Mike? Is that that's a, yes. Yes, okay. To make sure there's a little setup for you on there, Mike. Um, and then the other part is if somebody does have financial needs, but they but they actually wanted to volunteer, uh, they could do that. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, so uh, we'll, we'll have some information about your website and things like that uh, so they could check it out. But So if somebody's just like, you know, I'm going to have a lot of you know money, but then I want to go there and serve, they can do it. All right. Well, uh, thank you to my guests. So wonderful the time with you. Uh, This is John Crossman. This has been the Crossman Conversation. Make sure to support your local HBCU. This has been Crossman Conversation, produced by a Crossman Career Builders Mark Radio Production. 